Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your first purchase. That's promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Wednesday, November 18th, 2020. You know, sometimes your host of this podcast, that would be yours truly, does things on accident that makes him look like kind of a genius. It it rarely ever happens, but every so often the stars align and something magical appears, and that's basically what happened yesterday. When I posted Tuesday's show, I said, man, this is, it's a fine episode. It's another, it's an off-season episode. You got to kind of scrounge for things to talk about, but I, I I found something and I was happy to discuss it. But I said, man, maybe, maybe I hit the Theo Epstein stuff just a little bit too hard. I didn't because several hours after I uploaded that podcast, a podcast that was entitled The Theo Epstein Episode, Theo Epstein stepped down as the president of baseball operations for the Chicago Cubs. His right-hand man, Jed Hoyer, will take over duties there. A surprising move. I thought he would maybe be there for one more year than move on. Uh, One of Theo Epstein's philosophies, and John Morosi tweeted about this, is that he believes that every 10 years, leadership has to seriously reassess and possibly even move on. This was going to be year 10 for him. And I think, I I talked about this yesterday, I, I think Theo Epstein is completely capable of tearing this thing down and rebuilding again. I do. Even with some of the bloated contracts they have, if there's one man in the entire sport that I believe in more than anyone else, especially when it comes to the GM position, it's Theo Epstein. And there, there is a personal element to that. Theo Epstein's like my idol, but he's my idol because of how successful he's been. And a lot of people have asked, why did he do this? What's the reason for this? And I laid it out a little bit you know, on accident yesterday, but let's discuss it more in detail. First off, I think Theo Epstein deserves a statue outside of Wrigley Field. When you are ranking the reasons why the Chicago Cubs from 2015, you could say even to 2020, but especially, you know, 2015 to 2018, reasons why the Chicago Cubs went through the golden age of baseball, the number one reason is because of what Theo Epstein did. He brought that organization back from the depths and took them to heights that they hadn't experienced in well over a century. It was amazing what he did there. You know, an all-time great sports success story, an organization that had tried everything, and a guy comes in there and set his mind to something and turned them into champions. An unbelievable effort, an all-time success story. But people are going to ask, why? Why did this happen? Well, again, before I get into that, I will also say, Jed Hoyer is no slouch. There are many people who believe that Jed Hoyer is every bit as responsible for this success that the Cubs have had as Theo Epstein is. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think Hoyer is going to do a fine job, though. I think Hoyer is capable of of managing that massive roster overhaul. I think he likes the personnel they have there. They like the manager that they have in David Ross. If there's any Cubs fans who are listening to this right now, uh, if, if I didn't think you were going to be all right, I'd let you know. I think Jed Hoyer will do a good job there. This is not Dombrowski stepping down and handing it over to Alavila. Jed Hoyer is a, 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 is a wizard-like baseball mind. I think he's tremendous. But now to the main question, why? Why did Theo Epstein do this? Based on what I know, I've gotten the impression that Theo Epstein is a very personable guy. He's not cold. He's not calculated. He likes his players. I don't think he wanted to be the guy who traded away the core 
he helped build. This is a guy who is responsible for calling up and drafting Chris Bryan. He's responsible for trading for Anthony Rizzo and, and signing Wilson Contreras and acquiring John Lester and Zobrist and Hayward and Kyle Hendricks. Like This was the mastermind behind this golden age of Cubs baseball. and The Cubs are going to have some difficult decisions to make. And this is a guy who knows when to leave, and I don't think he wanted to be the one who was pulling the strings on some of these moves. I think he's also a guy who really cares about his legacy, and he went through an all-time great period of success with the Cubs, and I think he worried about the possibility of, of tarnishing that legacy. He's a very, very competitive guy, but I also think to a certain extent he cares about what his overarching legacy is going to be amongst the fan base, and if he would have stayed on this thing for three, four, five more years and it would have continued to get worse, even though I don't think it would have, but had it continued to get worse, I think what the fan base thinks of him would have started to change. You were already seeing that over the last couple of years. There's people who criticized him for the Jose Quintana trade. There's people who criticized him for the Darvish signing, at least at the time. He's turned out to be very good for them. But they made some moves over the last several years that weren't so great. He saw the writing on the wall and he bolted, but he didn't bolt when things were in the dumps. Like that's one thing about the Dombrowski era that does bother me is Dave Dombrowski was like, okay, everything's going to crap. I'm out. The Cubs are in, look, they're not in great shape, but they're in manageable shape. If they write this ship correctly, they can get this thing up and running and be really good here within a few years under Jed Hoyer. I really do believe that. And the reason, and look, I've never met Theo Epstein personally, but the reason why I can kind of vouch for my points, my kind of thesis behind this whole thing is the fact that he did the same thing in 2011. He talked about it. He did an article after the Cubs won the World Series. I believe it was Tom Verducci who wrote it in Sports Illustrated where he came out and said the reason he left Boston was because he didn't really feel that fire anymore. And I think part of it was because he became, and look, I'm not going to begrudge anyone for doing this. He became a bit overly attached to some of the personnel that he had there. He knew because of the way that Boston collapsed down the stretch and lost that wild card spot in 2011, that he was going to have to make some decisions, get rid of some well-liked players and get rid of what was an extremely well-liked manager and who is still, in my opinion, the best manager in baseball and Terry Francona. He didn't want to have to be the guy to do that. So he passed the torch. And a few years later, guess what? With a majority of his players, the Red Sox won the World Series again in 2013. Now, of course, immediately, speculation arose. Who is going to go after Epstein? Because Theo Epstein, even for every possible mistake that he's made, is the best GM of the modern age of baseball, maybe even in all of sports. Like, quite honestly, because to me, it is more difficult to rebuild a champion in Major League Baseball than it is in almost any other sport. He did it successfully twice. You could say one and a half times. Boston was already in pretty good shape when he arrived there. Chicago was not. And he's going to be a hot commodity here because he's still pretty darn young. That's what I love about the guy. He was winning World Series with Boston when he was like 27. Like, this is a guy who's one of the most accomplished GMs in the history of the sport, and like he's not even 50 yet. It's kind of remarkable what he's been able to do at such a young age. And immediately people were saying, all right, the Phillies have an opening. Are they going to go out and get Theo Epstein? The Mets have an opening. Are they going to go out and get Theo Epstein? And, and a lot of people were saying the Mets makes a lot of sense. Steve Cohen's going to spend a lot of money. Theo Epstein is a guy who's capable of not only having a team that spends a lot of money, but 
but also build a team that is capable of scouting well and drafting well and developing players well. You kind of get the best of both worlds with him, but immediately Epstein said in his open letter, he said, I'm going to take a a year off of baseball here. This is the first time in 30 years in which he won't be clocking into a baseball stadium every day, and I think there is something admirable about that. This is a guy who is a husband. He is a father. He had a young son when they won the World Series in 2016, and I think he wants to spend time with him. I mean, he's been in the public eye about as much as any other GM in the sport over the last decade or so, and, and part of that is is on him. I mean, he is a guy who who command, who is, has a commanding presence. People like him. He's good with the media. He kind of knows how to play their game. He's very successful, but with that, much like being a player, comes a lot of sacrifices. So I think he'll find that hunger again. I think he probably got to a point that he got to in Boston where he'd reached the, the top of the mountain. He reached the top of the mountain twice with Boston once in Chicago, and there's kind of nowhere to go but down at that point. There's kind of nothing to do but potentially t- tarnish your legacy. So he decided to take a step back. I think it's admirable. Now, the person who runs the Lockdown Tigers account posted a a, a tweet that said, so when does Alavila's contract extension run out? And look, if Epstein decides to take off more than one year of baseball, and potentially we have a situation in which there's an opening for the Tigers GM job, because I think Alavila, I don't think they're ever going to fire him because I think him and Chris Illich are boys, and he's been in the organization forever, but he's kind of old. I mean, he's going to be 65, I believe, in a few years, if that were to happen, right, and that we are dealing in fairy tale world, la la land, dude, this is completely hypothetical. But let's say Epstein takes two years off and Avila retires, you throw the bag at Theo Epstein and you get him to Detroit, period. And that would be as euphoric a moment as I've ever experienced as a Tigers fan. It won't happen. I don't want to get anyone's hopes up that high, but it would be a, it would be a truly wonderful thing wouldn't it? And we can dream. We can dream at least for another year until some other team inevitably comes in and swoops up Theo Epstein after the 2021 season. I also think with the pandemic being what it was and what it's going to continue to be into next season, uh, that's such a headache that I don't think any GM wants to deal with. And if your heart isn't completely 100% in it, then uh, it probably is time for you to step back. And that's exactly what Theo Epstein did. It's not retirement, but congratulations to him anyway on a remarkable tenure in Chicago. So when I get back, going to talk a little bit more baseball news involving the New York Mets and a potential GM hire for them. We'll be right back. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And we're back, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in today. So a word came out yesterday, this coming again from John Morosi. He's been on fire lately. The Mets have requested permission to speak with Indians GM Mike Chernoff about their president of baseball operations position. It's not clear if the Indians have granted it. Adding to the intrigue, the Mets are one suitor for Francisco 
Lindor. Now, I brought this up with Rick Hahn, where if I was him, I would quit my job after the La Russa hire, forced, being forced by Jerry Reinsdorf to make that move. Rick Hahn, if he were to leave right now, could get a position anywhere he wanted. It's the same with Mike Chernoff and the Indians. His hands are completely tied all the time. Mike Chernoff is one of the best GMs in baseball. He does an unbelievable job with the Indians. The signings that they do make are pretty smart. They've done an amazing job of developing starting pitching. I've talked about that ad nauseum. There is no team in the sport better at developing starting pitching than the Cleveland Indians. Sometimes their trades are so-so, but they've hit on a lot of them as well. They've gotten closer to winning the World Series than they've probably had any right to, considering the fact that they have an owner in Dolan who's completely unwilling to spend money. If this happens, look, would they trade for Francisco Lindor? I don't know. I don't know if they have the farm system to do it. I don't know if you'd want to even do that for one season. I have my serious doubts. Lindor wasn't even that great last year. I still love him, and I still think he'll bounce back, but there are some question marks there. But I'm just talking about the overarching theme here, what it would mean for these three organizations, because I think it would mean something for the Tigers as well to bring this back around to them. The Indians have been a thorn in the Tigers' side over the last several years. And I think a big reason for that is because they've had a GM who really knows what he's doing, who who acquired a great manager in Francona, who gets the most out of his players. They're smart with analytics. They do a lot of things correctly. I don't know if that would continue under a new regime. And if possible, then we could see the Indians start to descend, hopefully, while the Tigers ascend. As for the Mets, look, I think if they get someone like Cheriff, what would happen and why I think he could, if given permission to interview there, would probably end up getting the job is because I think what the New York Mets may end up becoming is what the Cleveland Indians are now, except if they spent money. That's the problem with the Indians. It's like the Indians have had such an incredible core of players over the last several years, and yeah, they came really close. They came as close as you can get in 2016 to winning a World Series, but they never had the spine, their owner never had the spine, to be able to dish out the cash to sign some big-time free agent players. They've let some guys kind of slip through their fingertips while other teams like Houston, like New York, like Boston in 2018 were able to dish out the contracts to get some of those players plugged some of those holes that Indians ownership was unable to fill for their own team. Cleveland is not Kansas City. Cleveland is not Baltimore. That's a big market sports town and a big market team. They choose not to spend money. Tampa Bay is kind of similar. It's like, I think the owners of the Tampa Bay Rays are complete frauds, but the GMs, pretty darn good. That's why Andrew Friedman, the now world champion GM of the Los Angeles Dodgers, guess where he came from? Tampa Bay. The guys in the front office do their job. It's the owners who often let their teams and their fan bases down. I'm really intrigued by this. I think if given permission to interview with them, I would be surprised if he didn't get the job. I think it'd be a match made in heaven. I would like to see what someone like Mike Chernoff would be able to do when given unlimited resources and unlimited money, which it appears Steve Cohen currently has. So that will do it. For today's show, you can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a five-star positive written review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. Thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in today. Really does mean the world. Sticking with me. Let's get to the end of the week, and we can hopefully get this thing really rolling. Hopefully some Tigers news will be coming out here real soon. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.